Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, it's the Reading Bug, and I wanted to let you know that today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Penguin Young Readers Group, a global leader in children's publishing, featuring Kevin the Unicorn, It's Not All Rainbows, by Jessica Vaughn and Rebner. Please help support our sponsor by purchasing Kevin the Unicorn at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Hello, reader. It's so good to see you again. Welcome to another Reading Bug Adventure. Every one of our original adventures is written, performed, recorded, and produced by The Reading Bug, our independent, family-owned children's bookstore in California. We love writing and performing these stories and music, and we're thankful for your continued support. We really couldn't do it without you. Please review our podcast and tell all your friends and family to listen. It really helps a lot. A special hello and thank you this week to our newest patrons, Adrian and Oceana from California, and to Roger from Seattle. You're part of what makes this podcast possible. If you'd like to become a patron too, you can help support us at patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. You can also support The Reading Bug by shopping with us at thereadingbug.com, where we have millions of books available, including favorites recommended by our staff. Or if you're looking for a really special holiday gift, try readingbugbox.com. Reading Bug Box is a monthly book delivery with books that are handpicked by me and our bookstore staff and matched to the unique age, interests, and reading level of every subscriber. No two boxes are the same. It's a perfectly personalized gift for any child, whether they already love reading or they need to be inspired, and a terrific present for the holidays, birthdays, or whenever. Visit readingbugbox.com today. A big thank you to Resonate Recordings, who mixes and masters each episode of Reading Bug Adventures, and to all of our sponsors, of course. Okay, reader, are you ready for an adventure with me and the Reading Bug? Then what are we waiting for? Let's fly! It's time for a Reading Bug Adventure! It's a Reading Bug Adventure, there's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, Reader. I'm so thankful that you decided to join me in the Reading Bug on another adventure today. Every adventure we take together is exciting, fun, and unique. And there's no one I'd rather have by my side than you. And the Reading Bug, of course. But... She's not by our side at all. She was supposed to be here with us, but I don't know where she is. You haven't seen her, have you? Come on, follow me, just over here. I'm sure they'll be thrilled to see you again. Hi, Lauren. Hi, reader. Sorry to be running late. But look, I brought a special friend with me, the spelling bee. Hi, reader. Hi, Lauren. It's wonderful to see you all again. W-O-N-D-E-R-F. You, L. You know, it's lucky that I was there to remind the reading bug that we had an adventure date with you today, or else 
We may never have made it. She was reading a book and lost track of time again. Spelling bee! What a wonderful surprise! And don't worry, we haven't been waiting long. I've got a really, really special adventure planned today. And I didn't want the spelling bee to miss it. This time of year and this adventure is one to share with close family and friends by your side. And you're all my closest friends after all. That's really kind of you to say, Reading Bug. You're our close friend too. And we're thrilled to go on another adventure with the spelling bee, aren't we, Reader? But now I'm curious. What is it about today's adventure that makes it one to share with close friends? We always have fun on our adventures together, but is this one somehow unique? Oh yes, Lauren, it is. Do you think you can guess where we'll be adventuring? How about if I tell you the titles of some of the books in my book bag? And you can see if you can guess where we'll be going. You know I love playing that guessing game. Spelling Bee, do you know where we're going today? Nope. I don't know anything. So I'll be guessing too. Okay, ready? Here are the titles of three books that I just finished reading. I brought them with me in my book bag. The Berenstein Bears Harvest Festival by Mike Berenstein. The Story of the Pilgrims by Katherine Ross. And Squanto's Journey by Joseph Bruchuk. Any guesses, reader? Hmm. The first book is about a harvest festival. Another book is about pilgrims. And Squanto's Journey sounds like it might be about Native Americans, doesn't it? I'm going to guess that our adventure today has something to do with the pilgrims who came to America hundreds of years ago. What do you think, reader? Reading Bug, maybe you can tell us the titles of a couple more books in your book bag to help us guess? Sure thing, Lauren. I've got Holidays Around the World Celebrate Thanksgiving by Deborah Hilligman and What Was the First Thanksgiving by Joan Holub. That should help you guess. Oh, I've got it! If your books are about Thanksgiving, then could we maybe be going to the place where the pilgrims celebrated the very first Thanksgiving? Plymouth, Massachusetts? Am I right? Is that it? Yes, yes, yes! What a great guess, Lauren! But I want to have a really special adventure, so we're not just visiting Plymouth today. We'll be traveling back in time almost 400 years to 1621 which is when the pilgrims who traveled to America and the Native American Indians who already lived there celebrated Thanksgiving for the first time together. Oh, wow! How exciting, Reading Bug! And you're right, Thanksgiving is a very special holiday to spend with friends and family you're most thankful for. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I love everything about it, especially when my whole family gets together in one place for a yummy feast. Grandparents, children, nieces, and nephews all celebrate together. We play soccer outside in the afternoon and board games inside after we finish our amazing Thanksgiving dinner. I love helping to make the dinner and I really love eating it. The turkey and dressing, mashed potatoes and gravy, sweet potatoes with little marshmallows on top, and my favorite part, of course, pumpkin pie and vanilla ice cream for dessert. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. That's right, Lauren. Families in the United States of America celebrate Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday in November each year. But we're not the only ones with a Thanksgiving tradition. I read that many Americans think that Thanksgiving is only an American holiday, but it's one of many harvest festivals that have been celebrated all over the world for thousands of years. Harvest festivals? What are those, Reading Bug? Oh, that's easy. A harvest festival is a celebration that occurs around the time of a main harvest in a country, when the food crops are collected from the field. Right! 
and no matter where they are held, harvest festivals are usually celebrated by people taking a day off from work to have parties where they make and eat lots of food. Because of the differences in weather, crops, and seasons, harvest festivals are celebrated during different months in different countries. For example, I read in We Gather Together by Wendy Pfeffer that Jewish families have gathered together at harvest time for over 3,000 years to celebrate Sukkot, an eight-day festival of Thanksgiving, and in Nigeria, Africa, the Igbo-speaking community has had a fall festival to give thanks for yams for over 700 years. In China, people celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival, which is also known as the Moon Festival because the moon is at its roundest and brightest in the fall. And in January of each year, for the last 2,000 years, people in southern India have celebrated Pongal, a four-day rice festival. Wow! Who knew there were Thanksgivings all around the world? Maybe we can travel to some of them on our adventures. Great idea, Lauren! But today's adventure is to a very specific Thanksgiving celebration, the one that inspired the Thanksgiving holiday in the United States. When English pilgrims, that's a word for someone who goes on a long trip, join the local Native Americans for a feast to give thanks for the harvest together. I can't wait to get started. Let's get going. Not so fast, Lauren. We're traveling to a time that's a lot more primitive and a lot more dangerous than our own. The forests there are filled with lots of wild animals like moose, elk, coyote, wolves, and even bears. There are also hunters, trappers, traders, and pirates roaming about, many of whom would steal from other people they encountered who looked smaller or weaker than they were. And the weather could be pretty awful. During the Pilgrims' first year in Plymouth, there were hurricanes, thunderstorms, snowstorms, and flash floods. Because of all those dangers, only one half of the pilgrims who traveled from England to America survived through their first winter. Yikes! You're right, Reading Bug. We need to stretch out our bodies so that we're more focused, stronger, and more nimble for our dangerous journey. Let's all stretch out together. Everybody stand up, unless you're buckled into your car, and wiggle your fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect! Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Ooh yeah, I feel... T-R-E-M-E-N-D-O-U-S. Tremendous! Thank you for those stretches. Lauren, reader, are you ready to start our adventure? Absolutely. But before we go, one last thing. Did you bring your paper and crayons with you, reader? I have a feeling we'll be seeing and doing a lot of incredible things on our trip back in time today. Who knows? We might see the Mayflower the ship that brought the pilgrims to America, the Native Americans who inhabited the land that is now the United States, or all the foods that the pilgrims and Native Americans ate at the first Thanksgiving feast. Just like the illustrations in our favorite books, pictures are how we can remember our visit to Plymouth and share it with friends and family even after our adventure together ends. I'll play coloring music at the end of the adventure for you to color to, but you can color anything you want at any time. And if you need more time, just pause our adventure.
There won't be any crayons or markers, and there was probably very little paper hundreds of years ago in Plymouth. So we better bring them along with us. If you didn't remember paper and crayons, you can just grab them now, or get them once the coloring music starts at the end of the adventure. Now, is everyone ready to go? Great, Spelling Bee, can you say the magic words to open up the book bag today? It would be my honor, H-O-N-O-R. Magic book bag. We'd really like to travel today to a place in a time far, far away. Take us back, please, to where we'll be reliving the very first feast of the Pilgrim Thanksgiving. Look, reader, it's working. The Reading Bug's magic book bag is opening up bigger and bigger, big enough to fit us all inside. And there are pictures, stories, and music, and more swirling all around in there from all the books about the first Thanksgiving that the Reading Bug brought with her. What do you see inside the book bag, reader? I see an enormous wooden ship with three tall masts and sails bouncing up and down in the middle of a scary rainstorm with lightning flashing all around it. And I see men and women dressed in red, brown, green, blue, and violet clothes. The men have on floppy hats and fitted jackets over white shirts with big lace collars. And the women are wearing linen caps, long skirts, and aprons. I see them too, Bee, but look there. I see another group of men and women too. They are wearing necklaces made out of bones and shells and headpieces with tall, colorful feathers. The men and the boys are wearing leggings made from animal skins, and the women and girls are wearing animal skin skirts. You're right, Lauren. Those must be the Native Americans who lived in Plymouth long before the Mayflower ever landed there. And, oh boy, oh boy, look! There's lots and lots of strange words floating around in the bag. Words that I've never seen before, but I'm excited to learn. Like Wampanoag, Massasoit, Patoxit, Nakomo, and Wetu. What fun! Is everybody ready? Let's go back in time to celebrate the Pilgrims' first Thanksgiving. On the count of three, jump into the book bag with me. One, two, three, jump! Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Reader, it's working. Look what's happening. Everything is changing before our eyes. And my watch is counting backwards as we travel back in time. Our neighborhood has completely disappeared. And in its place, I can see the massive ship from the book bag docked in the harbor. Next to the harbor, there's a tiny village. That must be Plymouth. Look, reader. I see a large square building with a flat roof. And on the top of the roof, there are six cannons facing out in different directions. Here we go. Onwards to Plymouth. Hey, wait. What's happening? Reading Bug, your book bag isn't stopping at Plymouth. We're flying right over it. Did we miss our destination? Where is the book bag taking us? I'm sure I don't know. But wherever it's taking us, we're there. Look, the lights and pictures have stopped flashing, and everything is perfectly still. But if we're not in the village of Plymouth, where are we? There's only one way to find out, I'm afraid. Everybody, out of the book bag, but stay close and be careful. Remember, it can be dangerous out there.
Okay, reader. You heard the reading bug. Let's hop out of the book bag and see where we are. Great! But... where are we? It's pretty dark out here. I think because we're in the middle of a dense forest. Look around. There's tall trees everywhere blocking the sun from reaching us. I don't know, reading bug. It's a little creepy here. something moving in the short bushes right behind us. It startled me. S-T-A-R-T-L-E-D. Listen. Lauren, reading bug, reader. I don't think we're alone. There's someone or something nearby. I think you're right, B. And here it comes. Ay, Cochetta. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, reader. It's a boy dressed in animal skins. And look, he has a bow and arrow pointed directly at us. Cochetta, to not Kotome. He looks angry. Or afraid? I can't understand what he's saying. I'm afraid he's going to shoot his arrow at us if we don't do something in fast. Please, little boy, we're friends. Friends! Yes, that's right. My name is Lauren, and this is the reading bug, and the spelling bee, and our reader friend. Do you understand? We're here in peace. Yes, yes, I understand you spirit creatures. My name is Little Bear of the Wampanoag, the people of the first light. How is it that you insects and oddly dressed souls came to be able to speak Algonquian, the language of my people and me? Algonquian? We don't speak that language. And if he's Wampanoag, how is it that he's speaking such perfect English? I think this must be book bag magic. We're speaking completely different languages and yet we understand each other perfectly. Little Bear, we are not spirits, just friends and travelers on an adventure together. Would you mind putting down your bow and arrow so that we can explain? Friends and travelers? Like those that call themselves the pilgrims? Well, not exactly. We are from this land, but 400 years in the future. We live in North America, here just like you do. But in our country, the United States of America, is not yet in existence in your time. North America? United States? I don't know these strange words. My people, the Wampanoag, have lived on these lands for 12,000 years. This is our land and not yours. We have seen travelers of all kinds, good and bad. Lauren, that makes sense. In Magic Treehouse Pilgrims, the author says that Massachusetts was inhabited by a native people called the Wampanoag when the pilgrims arrived from England. The pilgrims weren't the first visitors from other lands. For almost 100 years before the pilgrims arrived, explorers, traders, and fishermen visited the country they called New England here. Sometimes they went about their business peacefully, respecting and working with the natives. But some visitors treated the Wampanoag badly. Scared of these strangers in strange clothing, the visitors would shoot the Wampanoag people without reason. They stole their corn and their furs, and they even captured some of them, stealing them from their homes and families. You are not pilgrims, then? Nope. Many moons ago, a large ship landed on our shore, filled with people who called themselves pilgrims. Can you tell me what this word means? Sure, little bear. A pilgrim, P-I-L-G-R-I-M, is someone who has gone on a very long trip. The pilgrims on the ship you saw made a very long journey by boat from England to your shores. And Little Bear, we are here for a very special reason. We have traveled many miles and many years to attend the Thanksgiving celebration today. 
Can you help us out of this dark forest and take us to it? Thanksgiving? Yes, of course. We are very close. Follow me and I'll lead you to the celebration where we can give thanks together for our new friendship. Thank you, little bear. That's very kind of you. Let's go. Right this way. Little bear, if you and the other Wampanoag speak Algonquian, how is it that you're able to communicate and trade with pilgrims and other travelers who speak English and other languages? We have learned many of the ways and languages of the travelers who visit here. And we have also learned to be cautious with people, like you, who are not like us and do not know our ways. The son of the leader of the Patuxet, named Squanto, was once kidnapped by an English sea captain, who sold him into slavery, and word of his capture spread throughout the land. Captured? That's terrible! Yes. Squanto was forced to live in a country called Spain for six winters, where he worked hard. Then, when Squanto was finally freed, he traveled to England, where he learned more of the English language. Homesick, Squanto convinced another English sea captain that he could be of use to him in New England if the captain allowed him to join them on their voyage, and he traveled back here to his homeland. Here, he was happy to be back until he learned that the white traders had brought with them a great illness that killed most of the Patuxet, including everyone in his family. On his own, with no home or family, Squanto moved to our village, and there he has taught some of us how to speak English also, allowing us to communicate with the pilgrims who have built their village in place where Squanto's village once stood. Speaking a shared language has helped us to avoid misunderstandings and conflict. What a sad story. Does Squanto still live with you? No, Squanto is no longer here. After the pilgrims arrived, Samoset, the sachem of the Pimaquid people who lived farther up the coast, visited them. He spoke very little English, so to communicate, he showed them the two arrows in his hand, one with the head made of flint and the other with the arrowhead removed, symbolizing his offer to the pilgrim people, either war or peace. In response, the pilgrims placed a coat about Samoset's shoulders to warm him and give him water, biscuits, butter, pudding, and cheese. The pilgrims told Samoset they were starving, that many of them had died, and that they needed our help. When Samoset came to tell our people, we decided to help them. More than 60 of our warriors returned to the pilgrim village several days later, including Squanto, to help translate. Squanto stayed behind to teach the pilgrims how to hunt and fish. He has shown them the plants in the forest that they can eat for survival, and how to plant corn and other crops to keep them from starving. Because of Squanto, we are now living in peace with our pilgrim neighbors, and the pilgrims are beginning to thrive. Just a few more steps, and you'll be out of the forest and back into the light of Grandfather Sun. Ah, uh, that's much better, isn't it, Reader? It's a warm, sunny day, but you wouldn't know it inside the dark, wet forest. I sure wish I brought my sunglasses. It's so bright that I can't see anything at all yet. Morin, Reader, I think you'll be surprised when your eyes adjust to the sunlight. This definitely isn't the village we saw from my book bag. I don't think we're in Plymouth. My new friends, welcome to my village. Your village? Little Bear, I thought we were going to Plymouth to visit the pilgrims. Plymouth is the village we know as Patuxet. And yes, that is where the pilgrims now live. But you asked to be taken to the Thanksgiving celebration. So we're in my village, Pecanicut. The village is pretty small. There's a large, long rectangular house in the middle with a number of smaller round structures that look like domes scattered around it. Little Bear, what are those round structures? Those are our homes, Lauren. They are made from grass and bark that we gather from the nearby fields and trees. We call our homes wigwams or witu. 
And what is that long rectangular house? That is our long house. It is where the members of my village have meetings. The fields around the buildings look like they've recently been harvested. But I still see some green and yellow corn stalks and a few orange pumpkins growing on vines that cover the ground. Look! Little Bear, a meeting must be starting soon because all of the people in your village are walking toward the longhouse. And some of them have already gone inside. That means we've arrived just in time. Follow me. Are you ready? Ready for what? Ready to join the Thanksgiving celebration. The Wampanoag celebrate Thanksgiving every day, but this is the time of year when we have a very special Thanksgiving celebration called Nikomo, when we celebrate the harvest of the crops that will feed us during the cold winter months ahead. That's why everyone is headed to the longhouse. Our chief, Massasoit, is about to start our Nikomo celebration, and you will be my guests. Reader, reading bug, B. Little Bear thinks we came to celebrate Thanksgiving with the Wampanoag, but we're here to celebrate with the pilgrims and there are no pilgrims anywhere in sight. But if we tell Little Bear, we may hurt his feelings. What should we do? Remember what we talked about before we started our adventure? People all over the world hold their own Thanksgiving celebrations, and they've been doing it much longer than the people who now live in the United States. Why don't we join the Nakomo celebration for now and see how the Wampanoag celebrate? Later, we can ask Little Bear to take us to Plymouth to join the Pilgrims' first Thanksgiving celebration. I love Nakomo more than any celebration during the year. We spend the day with friends and family, and we dance, we eat, we play games, we tell stories, and we sing. A lot. I love to sing. And of course, we eat so much food. Turkey, corn, stewed pumpkins, lobster, and duck are some of my favorites. Reading Bug, that sounds a lot like why I love our Thanksgiving so much. I'm glad we decided to stay. It will be fun to learn more about Nakomo. Great Spirit, we give you our thanks every day for Grandfather Son who lights our way. We thank you for the corn that keeps us alive and the deer, bear, and wolf who give their lives to provide our people with all that we need to survive. Everything that exists on Earth we share with the creatures who swim in the sea and fly through the air. There is no mine or yours or them or they, just we who thank you on this special day for the moonbeams and stars that help guide our way. That was beautiful. It sounded a lot like a prayer. It is a prayer, Lauren. The Wampanoag religion is called spiritualism. They believe that Mother Earth is their god, and every day, and especially at Nakomo, they thank the Earth, the Sun, the Moon, and the plants, the animals, and all the living things for the gifts of food, warmth, shelter, and light that they give to the people. And look at the man leading the prayer reader. He's dressed in an animal skin like the rest of the men here, but he's also wearing a great chain of white bone beads around his neck. See? His face is also painted with red. Little Bear, who is that? That is our Sachem. His name is Matasoit. Hmm. What a great word. Sachem. S-A-C-H-E-M. A Sachem is the leader, or chief, of a Wampanoag village. That's right, B. Sachem were selected by the people of the tribe based on their strength, intellect, integrity, and leadership skills. So they're very smart and very well respected. Matasoit is a man. But I read that not all the sachem were men. Some Wampanoag tribes selected women as their sachem. Women leaders? 
That sounds so modern. It was, especially compared to the pilgrims. Pilgrim women didn't even have the right to vote, so there were a lot of differences between the two cultures from the very start. The way they dressed, the food they grew, prepared, and ate, the languages they spoke, almost everything about them was different. Oh, the reading bug and I know all about being different, don't we, reading bug? We sure do. of your song. It is nice to know that although you and I are very different, we can still be friends. I'm thankful today for having found you in the forest. Thorin, reader, bee, look! Mazasoy is looking right at us. I think he heard us singing. Do you think he's angry we're here? Little Bear, are we allowed to be at your Nakomo celebration? Of course you're allowed. This is the time to celebrate with friends. But Master Soy is rightfully protective of his people, and he's probably wondering why you're here with me in your strange clothes. We'll speak with him later. We have plenty of time. The Nakomo celebration will be several days long. Several days? Oh, but Little Bear, our time here is limited. Please thank Secha Massasoit from the bottom of our hearts. We are so grateful that we were here for the beginning of Nakomo. But we must return to our own friends and family before the end of the day. And there was something we really wanted to experience before we go. Do you think you might be able to help? Of course, Lauren. I will assist you in any way I can. What is it you need? Little Bear, we'd love to continue celebrating Nakomo with you in your village, but we didn't travel here today to celebrate Nakomo. We didn't even know about the Wampanoag Thanksgiving celebration until you introduced us to it. We traveled here today to join the Pilgrim's first Thanksgiving. You see, Children in the United States learn about the Pilgrim's first Thanksgiving in school, and we celebrate Thanksgiving every year on the fourth Thursday of November. Attending the first Thanksgiving was the very special treat we were trying to accomplish on our adventure today. I see, but Lauren, I cannot take you to the Pilgrim's village. Your lives and mine will be in great danger if we do. Great danger? But why, Little Bear? I thought you told us that the Wampanoag and the Pilgrims had agreed to be friends with the help of Squanto. Yes, we did, 
and we have been living peacefully with our new pilgrim neighbors until one of the pilgrim's young children, a boy named Oceanus, went missing from Patuxet, or Plymouth, as the pilgrims call it. Reader, Lauren, B. I read in Magic Treehouse Fact Tracker, Pilgrims, that just one baby was born on the Mayflower, a boy named Oceanus Hopkins. He'd be a toddler now, of course, but that must be the lost boy that Little Bear is talking about. A lost toddler? With these scary dark forests all around? Oh, how awful. Maybe we could help the pilgrims look for him. No, no, it's too dangerous. Squanto has helped us keep peace with the pilgrims for many months. But now they think that we have stolen their child, and they are very angry. We, of course, would not harm their children, but they blame us anyways. The chief of the pilgrims, Governor William Bradford, has warned that they will attack our village with their fire sticks if we do not give the boy back. But we do not have the boy, so we don't know what to do. If we go to Plymouth without bringing the lost boy with us, we will almost certainly be stopped and captured by the pilgrims. As much as I, too, would like to help you, I'm afraid there's nothing that we can do. But we have to try. We can't just let Oceanus wander alone and face dangerous wolves or bears or other animals. Little Bear, do you have any idea where little Oceanus might be? Maybe we could go look without you. The pilgrims don't think we've done anything wrong. And if we ever find him, maybe we can help them see you're not to blame either. The fields where the pilgrims grow their vegetables lie between their homes and the forest. And I fear Oceanus must have wandered into the forest while his family was harvesting their crops. Sadly, these pilgrims do not know how to find anything in the forest. They can't track deer or turkeys or even rabbits without our help. So they certainly won't be able to find a lost little boy. I fear the worst, and you're right. We cannot let the young pilgrim boy face grave danger alone, but I will not let you travel alone. To face the dangers of Brother Wolf and Brother Bear, or to lose your way when Grandfather's son is hidden by the forest trees, I will go with you. If there's a chance we can find him, we'll have to try. Follow me to the forest, but let's keep our distance from the pilgrim village to avoid capture. Already Grandfather's son is sitting low in the sky. The clouds are darkening, and the weather is turning colder. Keep quiet and alert. Listen for any sound that might be the pilgrim boy, or may indicate danger from pilgrims or a hungry wolf or bear. Hurry. We'll need to walk quickly if we want to find Oceanus by nightfall. Hungry wolves and bears? Reader, this Thanksgiving adventure is getting pretty scary. Are you ready to head into the forest with Little Bear and face whatever dangers await us there? If we don't go, the pilgrims may never find their little lost boy, Oceanus. And if they blame the Wampanoag for his disappearance, there may not even be a first Thanksgiving. We have to follow Little Bear and help, don't we? Okay, but before we go, I'm going to pause our adventure right here so we can think about everything we've seen and done so far today. In just a few minutes, I'll play some music for you to color to, and you can draw illustrations of our adventure to share with your friends and family. I'm really thankful to have you by my side for this adventure today, reader. When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. At the end of this episode, you can draw pictures of everything you remember from our adventure today. 
What do you remember most? I remember the dark forest the book bag first landed in, and the scary sight of Little Bear and his bow and arrow. But he ended up being kind and friendly, didn't he, Reader? I also remember the Wampanoag Village and their Wee Two houses and Longhouse and the Thanksgiving celebration there. What are you going to draw? Thank you for joining us on this adventure today. I can't wait to see you next time. I know the dark forest and all its dangers are scary, but we need your help to find little Oceanus. In the meantime, if you want to read more about the first Thanksgiving, the Wampanoag, or the Pilgrims, you can find a list of all the books in the Reading Bugs book bag at thereadingbug.com adventures. The Reading Bug and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Penguin Young Readers Group a global leader in children's publishing, featuring Kevin the Unicorn, It's Not All Rainbows, by Jessica Von Innerebner. Ugh! What's wrong, Reading Bug? Oh, Lauren, it's just not my day. My bright and shiny wings are dull and droopy. My friend the spelling bee is nowhere to be found, and nothing is going right. Reading Bug, I have the perfect answer to your problems. Books make everything better, especially for a reading bug like you. Here, read this. Kevin the Unicorn, It's Not All Rainbows. That's right. In the book, Kevin the Unicorn is having a very un-unicorn-like day, just like you. Usually, unicorns are glamorous and glittery, and their smiles make rainbows appear. But in the story, Kevin wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, on the floor. Then he discovers that his mane is so wild, even his super-perfect hair day spray can't tame it. And the day just gets worse from there. Kevin does his best to keep his outlook sunny, but it's hard to keep smiling when everything keeps going horribly wrong. This is great! Knowing I'm not alone on this less-than-perfect day makes me feel a little bit better already. Thanks, Lauren. Of course, Reading Bug. That's what friends are for. I'm excited to recommend Kevin the Unicorn, It's Not All Rainbows by Jessica Von Innerebner to you and all of our listeners. You can purchase it at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thank you to Penguin Young Readers for their support. And thank you for joining our adventure today. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe, Riley, Brandon, and Jack Savage, Paul Gruet, Katie Jelniak, and Arthur Graff. Original music was written by me and my brother, Ross Gruet. And sound mixing and mastery was by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is a family-owned independent bookstore in California. And we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. And please support passion, expertise, and creativity in children's literature by continuing to shop with us or your local independent bookseller. Thank you. Goodbye.
Get ready for a thrilling adventure with Culture Kids Podcast. Join us as we ignite curiosity, broaden horizons, and inspire empathy through culture, traditions, and interviews from people all over the world while having a blast with your whole family. We cover different topics like different greetings around the world and K-pop, Texas barbecue, and even Pokemon. And that's Culture Kids Podcast wherever you get your podcast. For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much, much more in the 100-plus episodes of The Past and the Curious that are currently available. Find it in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me.